0: And hello everybody and welcome to a new episode of Conquest Chronicles podcast. This is Matt here along with Dina and we are we're at homecoming weekend. We're at homecoming weekend. Um no, it's not what you think of with high school where everybody where you have a homecoming king and a homecoming queen. Literally, I just came from that just <laughs> minutes ago. Two straight weeks, well, not two straight weeks of it, but like i had I had two weeks of it of having to sit through homecoming, but it's not that type of homecoming that you think of um literally it's just a bunch it's just they call it a homecoming game where they have a lot of alumni, what is it, like a lot of alumni usually come
1: yeah, alumni, there's class reunions,
0: um,
1: I know a lot of the band. And song Girls alumni come out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's a fun time.
0: Yeah. It's, a, it's usually it's a good time. Usually it's fun because you see a lot of faces and everything, and sometimes you see former players come on campus to games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, before we get into this week's game, previewing this week's game, I remember I don't think Stanford was a homecoming game. But I remember it was big enough. And T.J. McDonald stopped by the tailgate that I was at. Um, T.J. McDonald, Mark Tyler, Lawrence Jackson. Who else did I meet that day? Uh, I think I met Alex Holmes that day. There was a lot of people. There was a lot of former players there. There was a good amount of former players there. But um it's fun, though. I mean... You would think, and I and I and for, I don't know if you saw that. Um, so I don't know if you saw that they were selling tickets for twenty percent off for the homecoming game.
1: I didn't see that. Uh-uh.
0: Yeah, I. They sent me an email that they that it was twenty percent off actually, and this was coming straight off the Notre Dame game. I think this is like <laughs> a couple of days after the after the Notre Dame game. I mean. And I – look, I get it because I think they knew whoever's in charge of ticket sales and marketing, I think they knew that with USC losing two straight games unranked against Arizona, who just got the, the brakes beat off of them by, by Washington, really you're not going to go see that game. You're You're just not. I mean, unless you follow college football like that, you're not really going to see that game. That's just how it is. But uh um, Yeah. I mean, Arizona
1: Arizona yeah. USC isn't really an exciting matchup no. on paper.
0: No, on paper it should be a shootout actually. I mean, especially given the the recent reports, but on paper. It it should be a shootout, but um because Arizona actually has the um Arizona has the what I believe a top ten offense this year. Statist- really? Statistically, they are a top ten. They're top ten in, in offense.
1: Interesting. They're a top
0: ten off. I don't know if it's advanced metrics that's, that uh that it's in. It could be that, but they are nationally a top ten offense.
1: Interesting.
0: It, exactly. That's what I said. But uh, <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, if they are, they are. I mean, it's understandable how they are. Defensively, on the other hand, that's a different story. Defensively, I believe it's a different story. But, uh, well, but, it, it, speaking of that, seeing we're on the subject, let's go ahead and let's talk about that. Because, um, USC, again, coming off of two straight losses. However, and they're 3 and 3 right now. However,. They're currently, if you look at it, and believe it or not, they're currently still hold their own destiny in the Pac-12 South, as do every other team in the Pac-12 South, which is, it's wide open. But, um, USC, believe it or not, can win the, can win the Pac-12 South and play for the Pac-12 championship. If you, if you really think about it, as of right now, there is no clear dominant team in the Pac-12. There, there really isn't. Right. I mean, if you, if, um, it if seems
1: you, like USC has the keys to their destiny every year. They just,
0: they do. I mean, realistically, if you look at it, um, and and this is just being frank here. This is being brutally frank here. If you look at it, the last three years USC has had their own fate in the Pac-12 South. You, I mean, you couldn't really say. I, I I can't say 2016 they had their own fate in their hands because in actual, in all actuality, they didn't because they what they dropped two conference games early. They started 0 and 2 in conference.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They started 0 and 2 in conference, and then they won. They started winning the rest of the games. But if they would have won that game against Utah, they would have been playing for a conference championship. Either way, they made the Rose Bowl. Either way, that season, they made the Rose Bowl. The next year, they lost one conference game. And I thought, I felt they weren't the dominant team in the Pac-12 South, but they were the best team in the Pac-12 South, or in the Pac-12. They weren't the dominant team in the Pac-12, but they were the best team in the Pac-12. And last year, they had their own fate. They had their own fate. If they would have beaten A, uh, ASU, they would have been fine. But them losing to ASU, I think jacked it up. Yeah, I well, think. Well, no, because Utah. The Utah loss did it, actually.
1: I think, um, Oregon right now is the Pac 12 leader, in my opinion.
2: Mhm. They are. They Oregon,
1: I think. I don't know. Arizona State's kind of creeping up on, um, creeping up in the rankings.
0: And that the Arizona State is playing good football. They are not the Arizona State from the last couple of years. ASU is actually playing good football right now. Utah is playing good football right now, bouncing back from that loss. And USC still has to play. USC still has to play all of those teams outside of Outside of uh, ASU, but this week they got to get past Arizona, and Arizona is actually in good. You mean
1: outside of Utah?
0: Yeah. Well, they play Utah already. Right, you said outside of ASU. Oh, my bad. Outside of outside (laughs) of Utah, I was trying to say Utah, but my mind was saying ASU. Darn you, uh, hermet words. Though I like hermet words. I like what he's doing there. (laughs) Um, but Arizona, uh, they're coming into this game coming off of a loss to Washington. They're currently four and two right now, Uh, two and one in conference. They hung with Washington until a Khalil Tate fumble just ruined all of that. And then it was just uh it, it was just it was just downhill for for the uh for the Wildcats from there. But they come into this game, um they haven't beaten USC at the Coliseum in ten years. Well in December it will be ten years. The last win was in December when Nick Foles and Rob Gronkowski came into the Coliseum with Arizona, I believe it was Mark Stoops who was the head coach at the time. And, uh, and USC, and, and USC ended up losing, uh, in a stunning way, lost to Arizona. And yes. Who's the quarterback?
1: Like John David Booty?
0: No, Barkley.
1: Barkley? Has it be? already been 10 years? Holy crap.
0: Yeah, it, it, it it's already – well, December, it will be 10 years. I think December 4th, it will – December 4th or December 5th. It's one of, the, one of the days in December. And this was Pete Carroll's last year, actually. The final year of Pete Carroll, this was the final game. The, the final game that Pete Carroll coached at the L.A. Coliseum was a loss to Arizona. And that was the last time Arizona defeated USC at the L.A. Coliseum.
1: Yeah, I should've known it was Barkley. I don't know why I said John Dennis Bitty.
0: <laughs> well, I was about to say, wow. I was about yeah, to say that was did you, dumb. Did the two thousand nine season just blank out? Did you blank out for the 2009 I season? I don't know.
1: I always forget that Matt Barkley's kinda getting up there. Yeah. In like football age terms.
0: It's fresh. Well you gotta think of it too. Uh if well, I I'm telling you I'm about to tell you as if you graduated high school in two thousand nine. In two thousand nine, uh, t- uh, two thousand nine was the um, was Matt Barkley's freshman season, and that was the year USC just. I guess the rest of the Pac twelve just caught up the USC because they lost to Washington, they lost to Washington, Oregon. They got the breaks. They they got the breaks beat off of them by Oregon and Stanford, and lost to Arizona. Believe it or not, mm. so it, it, and I think they're in a, on a losing streak in L.A. in general because I don't think they've beaten I don't think they've beaten UCLA at the Rose Bowl in a while either. Really? So it, somewhere it said that Arizona is on a losing streak in Los Angeles. Period. Was
1: the your Khalil Tate? You're from
0: you're from Los Angeles. You're from Inglewood, actually. Khalil Tate from it's yeah. Your Khalil field. Tate
1: was like in the Heisman race. Did they not play UCLA at home?
0: They they play UCLA no because it was during his Heisman campaign. Yeah. No, because UCLA was at um UCLA was at a uh, uh, uh was at Arizona mm. that year and. U.S. and they came in the Coliseum, but with this game, and, and again, U.S.C. coming off of a narrow loss to U.C. Uh, to to U.C.L.A. coming off of a narrow loss to Notre Dame, a game that you you could say that U.S.C. should have won, could have won actually.
1: Yeah, they should have. They should have. They should have won that. They could have and should have.
0: Yeah. So coming into this game. You think, okay, USC's at home. This is a, you know, this is going to be a walk in the park. Well, it's not going to be the quite walk in the park that you think it is. So, USC is going to be down for defensive starters again.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Elijah Griffin is doubtful. Uh, well, I should say three, because one is a game time decision. Isaac Taylor, uh, Isaac Taylor Stewart is a game time decision. For, um, for Saturday, for Saturday's game, for tomorrow's game, as of record time. Elijah Griffin is doubtful. With a, I guess he has a bulging disc, disc in his back. He has a, he has a, he had lower back, uh, tightness, um, that tightened up on him again against Notre Dame. He is doubtful for this game. Greg Johnson, uh, the cornerback, he is also out for this game with a dislocated shoulder. He had a dislocated shoulder, so that takes time. And um and uh Palote Gayoteote is out with a high ankle sprain. So can I uh Canai Mauga will be taking his spot. Um Max Williams, the the freshman Nick cornerback, he will be taking Greg Johnson's uh spot at nickel. And Chris Steele, the true freshman, will be starting at Elijah Griffin's spot, but he's been getting rotation time. So Darian Hewer, uh, Hewitt, uh, Darian Hewitt, and and um, and Jalen Williams, two fresh, true freshmen, two true freshmen, will they've been getting first team reps uh, and could start this game if Isaac Taylor Stewart is unable to go. He also has a uh, has a high ankle sprain that was suffered. All these injuries were suffered in the Notre Dame game. Also, offensively, Veve uh, Malapei is out for this game. He's out for a good amount of time with, after having knee surgery on a, a swollen knee on a swelling knee. So he's out for a considerable considerable about amount of time, which means
1: which means all aboard the step train.
0: Yep. <laughs> Which he should be getting more more carries anyway after that Notre Dame, right?
1: Right. Yeah, I'm I'm very I'm happy with how uh how he's just burst onto the scene. So, and I'm glad that the coaches aren't being dumb and you know holding him. I'm glad that they're you know with Notre Dame and with um, Washington they they upped his reps.
0: Yeah, even Utah. Mm-hmm. He he didn't have a bet. Though Utah, though the rushing game against Utah wasn't really there. Well, he kind
1: of came in at Utah at the end to seal yeah, the deal. He
0: didn't have a bad, uh, he didn't have a bad, a bad, you know, a bad game or anything. It's not like he had a bad game. He actually helped out a little bit. so, So, I mean, that did help a little. That did help. That did help out. But with that being said, with that being said, Arizona, on the other hand, um, they're coming in. Arizona's coming in actually with a, a pretty deadly. I guess you could say a pretty deadly offense. And I say deadly offense is because Khalil Tate. We all know Khalil Tate, his scrambling ability. We know USC struggles. USC struggles with, how can I say this, Dina? They struggle against mobile quarterbacks.
1: Mm-hmm. And Khalil, Although they have, you know, they have every, every, they played, um, him. They've kind of contained him.
0: Yeah. They, the last, the last three meetings, they have contained, um, they have contained Khalil Tate. They have done a great, a good job containing Khalil Tate. However, Khalil, USC is replacing four – they got four starters filling in, and USC has not done right. well with mobile quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, this, this year they have definitely not. Um, this season
0: they have been atrocious. They've been atrocious against containing the outside runs. They've been atrocious containing the edge, and they got gashed up the ta- in between the tackles. They have just been horrible against the run, which – it, which makes no sense.
1: Yeah, and they can't they, – this is the game where they really can't afford because Khalil Tate and also J.J. Taylor is dangerous too.
0: And speaking of that, before we started recording, I know we were talking before we started recording, Arizona is ninth in total offense. Arizona is ninth in total offense, gaining, averaging 509 yards a game. Total offense. They Magic. gain, they they gain, they average three hundred yards through the air and two oh nine on the ground. An average, an average thirty five points per game. USC gives up, I believe, about twenty nine points per game, or twenty six points per game, defensively. And Arizona is outstanding on third down. I believe they're eleventh in the nation in third down conversion. Yeah, and
1: USC has trouble getting off the field on third down,
0: and USC, especially with
1: mobile quarterbacks.
0: Yes, and it makes and it makes no sense. And it makes no sense because USC given okay, USC has youth on their side on their side. USC has youth, which is understandable. But you cannot tell me you simplified everything, you simplified everything, and it gets worse. They don't tackle. They they fail to tackle. They fail to to contain uh, the outside run. However, USC tends to get pressure. And with Khalil Tate, and if you watch the Washington game, with Khalil Tate, you have to create pressure on him. USC Clancy Pendergast, the USC defensive coordinator, Clancy Pendergast has done a great job containing Khalil Tate in the last three games that they've met. So, what what would you say with this matchup, Dina? with the With the with the USC defense against the Arizona offense, what, what would you say about this? Like, what are what what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I I think you know the main thing obviously. is being able to contain Cleo Tate, um, especially since we've had so much trouble containing mobile quarterbacks up until this point, um, you know, really it's, it's Arizona's ground game that kind of scares me the most, um, just because combined with USC having trouble against mobile quarterbacks and then, you know, not being able to stop. Um outside runs that can be uh killer. I would agree with that, and I think if they the defense can't get it done, then the offense cannot afford to stall. you know they can't afford to waste points on the board
0: and I'm glad you bring up the offense, Dina, because with the offense. This is and this is why I say this game will be a shootout because I I said I said it earlier. This game this game like in all likelihood could be a high scoring shootout. I don't think it will be like super high scoring. I don't think US. I, I I think Arizona. Believe it or not, Arizona could likely win this game. Believe it or not, they have a puncher's chance. They have not a puncher's chance, but they have a chance. Well, I think they win this game, though. But I, they, but they have a chance to win this game because of Arizona's offense alone. Arizona's defense, on the other hand, it, it's a tale of two stories. So, Arizona, run defense-wise, they're not completely horrible. They're middle of the pack in the Pac-12. Um, they're in the middle of the pack of the Pac-12. However... The secondary, and that's where the huge story is. The secondary in the past defense—that's a tale of two stories, too. They are very outstanding when it comes to turnovers. I think they average about—I think they have about six turnovers. They—they have two, yeah, one of their
1: one of their cornerbacks has three interceptions alone.
0: Yeah, both um, of them actually. I think two of both both of the corners are. Two defense backs have, have Whitaker's three. Yeah, and but didn't most of those come against Hawaii? So there's like a story there because the you know the thing with numbers is that the 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 whole thing with numbers is that it's skewed. Numbers, if you look at numbers, it's like it's a whole different thing. Notre Dame is like that. Notre Dame is one of the is. One of the best defenses, or one of the, uh, is a very good offense. I, I'm not going to say one of the best, but it's a pretty good offense. However, they padded their stats against teams who are not that good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, you can make that argument for a lot of teams, but it's the same with Arizona. Arizona has padded their stats against, te- against defenses, or they've padded their stats against teams who are not as great. Their turnovers, they forced... I believe ten turnovers. They forced about ten turnovers oh, this season. And the thing with the thing with this uh how can I put it? The thing with the defense or with the secondary is they have three they have six interceptions apiece. Two of, two players got six interceptions apiece. Or not a piece, but to get combined. There's three picks each. The one that you just mentioned, Whitaker, I forgot who the other one was. However, they also give up, their pass rush is is atrocious. They have no pass rush. And Arizona, and Arizona corners cannot hang on for that long. And because of that, they give up a ton of passing yards. They're, they're, they give up the they give up the most. I believe they are tied with UCLA on giving up the most passing yards per game at over at about three hundred and nine. They give up over three hundred yards through the air.
1: This could be yeah. This could be a chance for for Keaton Clovis to really wow people. And exactly. I do think I do think that Marquis Step will break a hundred yards this think game. So? I do. He had 82 against Notre Dame. His average, his average was 8.2 yards per carry.
0: And not to mention, not to mention that um, Keaton Slovis also took care of the ball. Right. He had no Mm -hmm. interceptions, and he he threw for for over 250, for and two touchdowns. And he looked, and you know what, Keaton Slovis looked impressive in a loss on the road. He looked very impressive. He He did. He he didn't force passes when Notre Dame dropped eight into into coverage. He he was very mobile, getting away
1: from pressure.
0: He was, although you do cringe when he when he when he when he he runs, you cringe because he just had a concussion. But, Dina, what are your um? What I have to ask you. Do you think this is the uh, this is the the antidote that the USC passing game needs, that the air raid offense needs? It's playing against a uh, uh, Arizona's you know pass defense that's not that good that's not yeah, great at is, all. Yeah, this is this
1: is Graham Harrell's real chance to really uh dial up some some good things. I know. I don't know about you, but I've I'm I've, I've not. I'm not sold on this air raid for USC just because of I don't think we should be throwing the ball on second and one um, or uh, third and one.
0: With the running back um, you have and, right. and get the yardage that you need, I'm with you on that. However, as a as somebody who is around play calling – I want to say it's depending on what the offense is, on what the defense is giving. And I, and I, not to make an excuse for him because I'm not making an excuse for Harold. I, I feel like the air raid has been a bust. But yeah, I'm I think, not. I'm
1: not too impressed really with. I'm not like disappointed, but I'm not like wowed by by Harold. So this is, this is, this is an opportunity to wow me.
0: Right. No. I, somebody did bring up a good point. I forgot. Someone on Twitter brought up a good point. Graham Harrell at North Texas with the same offense was a, was in the top 20 in offense at North Texas
2: at USC
0: with the weapons that he has. He has not – they are not – they should be better. They should be way better, but they're not. They're like 60s – I think they're in the 60s. So somebody brought up, is this offense being Heltonized? Or is, does does Helton have a huge <laughs> hand in it? Because Helton is an offensive coach. We, we have to be – we have to look at that. Helton is an offensive coach. He is an offensive coach. Do you think Helton has a hand in in this offense, and that's why the offense has not has looked a lot like the Gumbo offense, and it, it has not been up to what it was?
1: I don't know. I really can't comment on that. I don't. I wouldn't know. I mean. I mean, it's not. There's no way to know unless, like, you know.
0: Because they're saying that Graham Harrell is saying, "Yes, I'm calling the. I'm, it's my offense. I'm call, I'm in control of the offense." Right. But you can't help to think Clay Helton went, "Hey, I want the offense ran like this," because, and I and now uh, to me, and I have not seen North Texas play. Okay, so I can't tell you. Oh yeah, North Texas was this, this, and th- I honestly couldn't tell you that. Now I will say, I think the quarter, I think Keenan Slovis have looked great. Well, not great, but he's he looked good. He's looked impressive despite the road loss that they had. I think he looked impressive. I don't think he's looked bad. He looked like a freshman. He has talent. He has promise. I feel yeah, there
1: hasn't there hasn't been a time where I think. Or I have thought that, oh man, I really wish we had JT. JT
0: Daniels. I although I do wonder what would the offense look like under J. T. Daniels? What would it be under JT Daniels? But Slovis, believe it or not, I feel confident when Slovis goes in the game.
1: Yeah, I I have I feel I kinda feel the same way about Keaton that I felt about um Sam Darnold when he was
0: First getting started yeah well you've been saying that for <laughs> you you've been saying this for weeks now if not maybe months. Yeah, i've been
1: saying this yeah yeah i've been saying this you you've since been spring saying camp, probably.
0: camp. <laughs> <laughs> so it makes sense for you to say that but i can't help but to think that in all honesty i can't help but to think I feel. I really haven't
1: him. seen like anyone, you know, in the media, you know, say anything like, "Oh, well, next year when JT's back, there." It's all been, you know, well in the future, USC's will be in a good place because of Slovis. will have some um, experience under his belt. So I think I think most people think that, you know, he's going to be the guy.
0: Well, it kind of depends on a. Well a lot of people gotta realize is it it depends on how Daniels look because he did tear ligaments in his knee. He tore a meniscus and his ACL. Right. So that plays a factor in it where this gives Slovis a lot of time to, you know, to learn to learn the offense. You know, this gives him a lot of time to get the off- you know, to get the offense down. To get the chemistry with his receivers down, it, it you know it it just it's all. It, oh, it's it's what.
1: interesting because I don't I know I didn't feel this way last year and I don't remember seeing anything on Twitter, but it's how do I phrase this. There was never a point last year when I went, you know, after a game we lost or even really won that I was really excited about JT Daniels. But this year, even, you know, even with the loss to Notre Dame, you know, I'm really excited about Kevin Slovis.
0: I'm excited for him too. I, I think, I really think if for um i really think in this game i think he'll he will really he'll do I don't want to say amazing but it's going to be something to where he um where he helps out this team where where he has a, a he has a tremendous game i think this could be similar to the stanford game i think his performance could be very similar to the stanford game it has that potential mhm now, is in terms of the offense, if I think it's been Hiltonized and everything, I don't know. I I honestly couldn't tell you. If Harrell is saying he's pl- he's calling the plays, which in all honesty, I think this is his offense. I think a lot of people want to throw that out there because it's Clay Hilton. are right. looking. you look. Clay Hilton is not in the good graces of you. Uh, of um, he's not in the good graces. Of USC fans right now. Which we'll touch on that later. He's not in the good graces of USC fans right now. So a lot of people are looking for anything. And if you're a head coach, you're going to get blamed for a lot. So you're going to get blamed for a lot. You're going to be in the... You're not going to be in the good graces of, of a lot of people. You know, of fans. Because you're not winning. So a lot of people are going to say... Oh yes, this this offense has been Hiltonized. This uh, Clay Hilton has sabotaged this offense. I think, in reality, I think this was a worry of mine. I think in uh, the defenses, in the at in the defenses are a lot more athletic, and the coordinators are a lot are a lot more seasoned. Than those in Conference USA. Let's bring that up. This is the Pac-12, so they, you got some pretty athletic de- defenses around here. Now, if you look at Arizona, no, I mean not Arizona, but if you look at Wazoo, Wazoo has success with the air raid. So something ain't right. So something's not right here.
1: Yeah, Wazoo has some has success with the air raid, but they never can win anything so, with it.
0: Yeah, they. One, it, it's it's when you play. They play Washington. They've re, they've done a good job against Oregon with it. They've done a good job against Cal. Yeah, but they, they don't
1: win Pac-12 championships. They don't really compete well, well, for anything except you,
0: yards to the air. When you run into Washington and you run into them having five first-round defensive backs. And an outstanding defensive coordinator in Jimmy Lake, who who makes passes. They lost games against difficult.
1: ASU too this year, and then they lost against UCLA. I so, mean, I don't
0: know. I I don't. I I just think with the air raid, it's how is it how is it that Washington State, the last few years, can win nine to ten games with it. And it's a struggle for USC. Maybe it's new with USC. And maybe with Helton, or, or not Helton, but with Harold, Harold, this sees different. I think that's what it is. And I think, and, and who knows, maybe it, you know, maybe it explodes. Maybe it explodes moving forward. I'd hope so, at least. I would hope so at least, but it it's been a bust so far. I I will say that. I it's been a bust. Um and Harold has as I, though I think Notre Dame Her, Harold did a better job adjusting, but USC got to finish drives too. Right. That's the issue. USC does not finish drives very well. They do not finish drives very well at all because that second quarter, if, if USC capitalizes off of, off of the defense, getting Notre Dame off the field and getting the ball back, USC likely wins that game. Right. A poor second, offensive second quarter is what done USC in. USC has to do better offensively. You were hired to fix the USC offense. So, I mean, Arizona is, if you struggle, if USC struggles against Arizona, it's not going to be good but who do you have uh who do you have winning this game though i know i what you who you're going to pick but <laughs> what are your predictions for this game and who do you think comes out on top
1: i think usc wins i think you know especially since the home game that gives them a good edge too um score wise
2: I'll say let's see
0: she has to really think about this everyone so bear with her um mm.
1: I'm gonna say 41...
0: 230. That's not bad. That actually, and that realistically could happen. I am going to say US... Look, every time I I hesitate to pick USC, because every time I pick USC to do something, they get it completely wrong. I said USC will put up 50 points on Fresno State. Who allowed me to say that? <laughs> and, and Dina made fun of me at the game. So Dina went and you said this team was going to put up 50? But I don't think anybody anticipated JT Daniels getting hurt. Right. Otherwise, that might have happened. Um, I said USC will beat I said USC would have got would get blown out by Washington. Fooled by Washington and that didn't happen. Though it wasn't a blowout. And I said USC would defeat Notre Dame and South Bend. That didn't happen. If I'm going to get something right, I'm going to get this right. So, I think USC wins, but I think they I think they win a close game. I think it will be – I'm going to go – 30 – I'm going to go 38-31. At first, I said – I told the people at Desert Swarm 42 to – I said – I told the people at Desert Swarm, I think it was – I said 45 to 28 – I, I, well, I think USC wins this game. I think USC wins. I'm, yeah, I'm going to go with that. 45 28. I think, I think USC.
1: That's not that close.
0: Yeah. I wanted to say 38 31. Because I truly think US, I think Arizona's offense is going to put up points. I think Khalil Tate. I think Khalil Tate is going to rush for about a hundred and something yards. Khalil Tate is going to get yardage. I don't see, I don't have enough faith in this USC defense to contain Khalil Tate or JJ <laughs> Taylor at that, at, at that, you know, in this point. I think they're going to try to force Khalil Tate to, to the beat them with his arm, which really that would play in the USC's hand. But I think it's, I think USC wins this game 45 to 28. I would, I was going to go 38, 31, but I, either way, I, 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 I would be, sh- I would not be shocked if, if, um, and I said this would BYU too. I said this would BYU. I would not be shocked if Arizona wins this game. And I think if Arizona wins this game, you may see Clay Helton out the door. I, 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 I truly think that. And the reason why I think that is because I, and I've said this for the past two, three weeks, I've said this. How much longer can USC sustain this? How long – they can't let this man – they can't let him finish out the season with the way – If especially if you lose. Now, the reasoning why I think they're holding on to him now is because USC really owns their own destiny in the Pac-12 South. USC could go 9-3 easily. Well, I wouldn't say easily, but they could go 9-3. Realistically, they could. Whether you believe it or not, they could do it. But I don't think – if they lose to Arizona, I think they, you have to pull the trigger on it. And I know people will say, well, USC needs an athletic director. There's no AD, so you have to wait and let the AD – look, the athletic director – there's no guarantee that the, the new athletic director is going to come in and let Helton go. Why would you let – why would you have the AD come in and his first thing on the job is – you got to decide what the head coach or what's going to happen with the head coach. Lynn Swan didn't do it when he came in.
1: Yeah, but I think if that were the case, if USC con- continues to lose, I think as hopefully USC goes after an experienced AD. And as an experienced, prominent AD, that's something you wouldn't be afraid to do just because yeah. that's your job.
0: But you're you're expecting US now, granted, USC has taken the right steps of getting an athletic director. Let's applaud them there. But you're expecting USC to make a rational decision. <laughs> USC and rational decisions with its football program or with its athletic depart the program does not go hand in hand. USC and rational decisions with the university don't go hand in hand right now. Um but I, Carol Fult was at the Notre Dame game in South Bend. I think if USC loses homecoming, if they lose, you gotta, you have to start moving on and have somebody as an intern. Yeah. Okay. So what? They don't have an athletic director. Let the athletic director pick his guy. Let him come in. Let the AD come in from scratch and let him pick his guy. Now I don't know how how long it'll take for USC to pick their uh, their AD. They're in the I don't know who they have candidate wise or anything like that. We haven't heard anything, but I don't know. Everyone's like, "Well, wait till the AD comes." The AD is going to it, it, the AD is going to make that decision. But you're bank the, is the AD is you're banking on a new AD paying attention to what's happening at USC.
1: I mean, I think it's hard not to pay attention just because.
0: But what if they get an AD from another school? The AD wasn't paying attention at the, at that school. They I don't
1: think be, anyone who watches college football knows what's going on with USC. Right.
0: The The AD, the athletic director has to... And I know that AD, he has to think of multiple sports, just like with Carol Fultz. you has to think about the university well-being. Mm-hmm. I think with the AD, and it, and it boils down to overall sports, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit before we move on, is that USC Athletics is not in the best of spots right now when it comes to its main Olympic sport. Baseball has has gone downhill since 2015. Baseball has been atrocious since, well, I don't want to say atrocious, but it has not improved since 2015. Men's basketball, although recruiting-wise has been amazing, men's basketball has underachieved with the talent that it has under Andy Enfield. And if Andy Enfield underachieves again this year, he might be out the door because there's no way you have a top-five recruiting class and no don't make the NCAA tournament. There's no way on earth that happens. But women's basketball has – women's basketball, I don't know what's going on with women's basketball, but they just had a mass exodus of transfers. So women's basketball, you have to think about that. You have to think about men's basketball. You got to think about baseball. You got to think about the football program, though people want the football program to be the football program again. I think with USC, they have to get this right. They can't go the typical USC route. And with football, if they do decide to let Clay Hilton go, which I think it's all—we're it, getting closer and closer to it by the, by this day—they have to get the hire right. Right. Yeah. And and, and I've looked at the Yahoo article that Pat Forty, uh came out with. And he mentioned, of course, obviously, he mentioned Urban Meyer. That's the that's the top choice. But I say this. Does Urban Meyer even want to coach again? That is the number one question because everybody assumes, oh, yes, Urban Meyer will come to USC if they throw – if USC throws money. Does Urban Meyer even want to come to USC? Does he want to even coach? That's the biggest question because he said it's his health. Does he right. want to coach again? So you move on, James Franklin. Although
1: I do think, if none of that uh Zach Smith crap happened, I think he'd still be there. I don't think he would have retired because of that. Yeah,
0: I, I think he, I think he'd be at Ohio State still too. Though we could say if if such and such if Florida didn't go backwards, he'd still be at Florida. We'd say <laughs> we can say that too. Um, I and then you heard, and then you hear. Oh well, James. What about Bob Stoops? Does Bob Stoops even want to come <laughs> back to college?
1: He's been out for a while, though.
0: Bob Stoops is coaching in the XFL. He really? Yes, he, he's <laughs> coaching the Dallas uh, the Dallas team. I think it's the oh, Dallas. Hell, he
1: team. wants to coach again, maybe not college.
0: Well, he's coaching professional football for crying out loud. Does Bob Stoops even want to go back to college? I mean, (laughs) it's realistic. It could be possible. So now you move on to the next one, James Franklin. Is James Franklin even going to leave Penn State? That's not a guarantee. You move on to the next one, Mario Cristobal. Is Mario Cristobal even going to want to leave Oregon? He's building Oregon, but then again, what's his face left Oregon too? So I mean,
1: yeah, I, I kind of want someone who's won a national championship.
0: <laughs> who? Okay, so who is that so, going to be right now?
1: So I kind of really want Urban Meyer.
0: <laughs> Urban Meyer is the top of the top choices, yeah. but if he's not it, and, and I've heard people throw out Chris Peterson. Chris Peterson's not going to leave Washington.
1: No, I don't want him. He's DC not leaving can. Washington. No, the I, don't, I, don't, I don't get all the hype about Chris he went Peterson. To the no, to
0: thanks. No. I'm just saying. But he's not leaving Washington. So you move on. And I don't think Mario Cristobal is leaving Oregon.
1: I don't want Cristobal. i think I He just got Chris to Oregon. Home. Like, he hasn't shown, shown anything really yet. Okay, they're doing well. So what?
0: Well, he knows California with recruiting, and he's coaching up his recruits. I mean, you, you you can't argue that he's he's plucked some of the top recruits from from California to Oregon.
1: Well, yeah, but that's only because USC's been kind of down. I don't think he would be able to so, do that if we would have, you know,
0: so, won the Rose so. Bowl last year. Um, who else is there that was brought up? Um, and then somebody brought up Jack Del Rio. Look, <laughs> no, I said I, I said I was going to go on this rant on this show. I, although it's been fifty minutes, I'm going to go on this rant. No way, you keep Jack Del Rio away from USC coaching anything. I don't want him as the head coach. I don't want him as a defensive coordinator. I don't want him as the offensive coordinator. I don't want him as the defensive analyst. I don't want him as a water boy. I don't want him as a song, as a yell leader. He can come back because he's alumni, but I think a lot of people go, well, Jack Del Rio was an NFL coach. He was at USC. He knows the – no, no. If you look, he had that one good year with the Raiders, and then he had all that talent with the Raiders, and what have he done? I feel like every year Jack Del Rio is brought up with a coaching vacancy at USC. Yeah, every
1: year Jack Del Rio, every year, what's the, who's, uh, I don't know why I can't think of his name, the old Rams coach.
0: Jeff no Jeff Fisher. no no, yeah, no
1: those are the two that are no, always brought up
0: no 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 who brought, whoever brings up Jeff Fisher really needs to be checked
2: I we really bring you,
1: in OJ <laughs>
0: And on that note, folks, we will end this show with the OJ as
1: no. Oh my God! They want OJ near <laughs> so U.S. So funny! <laughs> OJ head coach. They don't even.
0: Hello, that's Twitter. funny. Sure, truly. Go, so his Twitter. Yeah. Is amazing. I'm sorry. I have gotten a lot of pure entertainment off of OJ Simpson's Twitter. Some yeah. Of- he'd be like the Arkansas. Donald Trump of football coaches, I'm sure mentioned Marcus Allen one year. I don't know why Marcus Allen was brought up.
1: Yeah, I mean, has he ever
0: coached? Marcus
1: Allen?
0: <laughs> uh-huh. No, I don't know why you... Would. But yeah, then again, why... Hey, Clay, Helton. Clay Helton has been the head coach for how many years? So apparently experience is not a thing at USC. And if that's the case, let me submit my application to be an offensive coordinator at USC. But I don't get it. Like why does Jack Del Rio keep he got brought up okay, he was brought up after Pete Carroll I can tell uh, you
1: why? It's because he's been in the NFL on his USC alumni. that's why.
0: Okay. Um why an NFL the, coach. So why isn't so why isn't the the uh why isn't Chris Richard, I believe is his name, at the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys? Why isn't he being considered for the head coaching job then? He's a USC alumnus. He played for Pete Carroll. He's been in the NFL. Like, that's where I'm, that's where I'm getting at with this here. Yeah. Like, we can't, though, a lot of, we keep bringing up, well, he was in the NFL because of Pete Carroll and now Herm Edwards right now because Herm Edwards is having a lot of success. I think you can have success. If you have things going the right way and you get the players to buy in. And with USC, their issue has just been developing players and getting the most out of their players and coaching. That has been the issue with USC. It, it, it hasn't been that they can't get players to buy in. It's just the head coach isn't good. Unfortunately, great guy, great guy, nice guy, good recruiter. He's a, he's a player's coach, but he does not help get the most out of these players. You are not going to get any, you are not going to get next level with the US, with Clay Helton as your head coach. There is a reason why USC is in the state that they're in now. As I mentioned the Dina before, and I've mentioned it to someone else too, I think you have – you your top three candidates are Urban Meyer, Bob Stoops, if you really want to go that route. If you really want to go that route, Urban Meyer, Bob Stoops, and Jimmy Lake. Or you could look in – or you could go, what about P.J. Fleck? Mm. From from Minnesota. Minnesota is six and zero right now. He he turned Western Michigan around. Yeah, He's I want turning Minnesota who's, around.
1: I want someone who's played in a Power Five conference.
0: I would say look at Tom Herman, but Tom Herman been in a Power Five conference before, not as a head coach. Yeah, Tom. Been in yeah,
1: a- Tom Herman's not leaving Texas anyway.
0: Uh, oh no! I wasn't saying bringing them in. They they oh. they jacked that up. They passed that up. <laughs> they pa- that that didn't happen. Just like they had James Franklin and they didn't have, and that didn't happen.
1: Matt Rule had <laughs> him.
0: Matt Rule. Matt Rule would be a good pickup. Look at how he's turning Baylor around. Matt Rule, PJ uh, PJ Fleck are are they're not splash hires. And with USC, you kind of need a splash higher. Right. At USC, you need a splash higher. You need you need a Power 5 splash higher. Bob Stoops and Urban Meyer, if, if they get Urban Meyer, that would tremendously shift things at USC. That would shift a lot at USC. It's just like if James Franklin... Or Chris Peterson was hired at USC over Sarkeesian. That would shift everything at USC. That would have shifted things at USC, and USC probably would have been in a better state. So, so I mean, there's that. There is that. Um. Let's go ahead and let's make some picks. I know we didn't we didn't really make any picks last week, right? Because uh-uh. we had to kind of rush. So, I, and last week actually would have been a good week to make some picks. There were some good games. And speaking of that, I have to give you credit, Dina. I have to give you credit because you said Georgia was going to lose a game.
1: <laughs> I did. <laughs>
0: I th- you said you said you said somebody was gonna. Lo- I know Georgia was one of them, mm. and you said Clemson, but you did say Georgia was gonna lose a game, and lo and behold, they did.
1: Yeah, that that was a cool a cool moment for Ryan Hilinski in that whole story.
0: Yeah, that that was a great moment. That that was very good. So let's start off. We're going to go ahead. We're going to make. Um, you want to go Pac-12 first and then out of. Con- and then. Yeah. Out of French? OK. We'll start Pac-12 first. So let me pull. Let me pull this up on my phone because I got to pull up the game. So we picked USC Arizona. As we know, Arizona's favorite by nine and a half. Some places have it as 10. So I don't know that line. Things with that changes drastically all the time. So Oregon and Washington. Um, I feel like. I feel like this game let's let's go ahead and let's pick that game. Um game is at twelve thirty PM. Oregon's favorite by two and a half. I believe the game is on A B C. It's supposed to be it's supposed to rain at Husky Stadium in Seattle. Uh Washington coming off a blowout win. Oregon, I believe, had a bye week last week. No, they played Friday. They played uh, uh, Colorado and blew out Colorado. So excuse me. Why? Um, I don't know. I with this game, what do you think? Who Who do you think wins in this game? I don't. I think, think
1: Oregon. I'm taking Oregon.
0: I'm taking Oregon. But neither Oregon nor Washington really impressed me. Even when USC played Washington, they didn't impress me. Mm-hmm. And I see. And, and I was at the Stanford game when they played Washington. And so, I think Oregon wins this game. I think they win it by, uh, it's either gonna be Oregon wins by two scores, and I feel like this game could go either way. I really feel this game could go either way, cause, but I think, I think, because Washington had difficulties, I think, uh, I think Oregon wins this game. But I don't think it. I don't. Neither team has really impressed me so far. Uh, we have another one, another, another uh, ranked game, a Pac-12 South game, actually. And this one, this one will be interesting. So you have two teams who lost one game in Arizona and Utah. Both are five and one. Both are ranked in the AP Top Twenty-five. Arizona State is seventeenth. While Utah is thirteen, Utah is favored by thirteen and a half, which I think is a ridiculous line, um, given how ASU's played. Dina, who do you have winning this game?
1: Where's it at?
0: In Utah. It's at Utah.
1: Yeah, I have Utah. I have Utah. If it was in Arizona too, but no, I definitely have Utah.
0: I would pick. You talk convincingly, but here's the thing with here's the thing with Arizona State. They went into Michigan State and beat Michigan State. Although you can make you can say they shouldn't have beat them, they shouldn't have beaten them. You know, you can say whatever you want. Arizona State done it, and they done it with a freshman quarterback. Herm Edwards has that team playing good football right now. Arizona State is as tough of a team that nobody is talking about. Impressive. They're an impressive team. They were, you know, they should be. They could be. They should be undefeated by now, if you really think about it, because they shouldn't have lost to Colorado, but they did. I'm gonna go with Utah still. I'm gonna go with Utah, but I think Arizona State makes it close. I think it'll be a close game. Hmm. I really think this will be a close game. And the reason why I say I think it'll be a close game is because Arizona State could win this one. Or Arizona State is a good team, and I and I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Utah at home. But I have a heart cuz Utah's defense is just good. They're they're very good against the run. Their secondary is suspect, but they're very good against the run. They're very good against the run. I think it will be close, though. I mean, a true freshman going into Rice Echo Stadium, though, that's tough. Yeah. That's tough for anybody going to Rice Echo Stadium and to win that game like that. So I, I got Utah. Um, this one, we have Kyle and Oregon State. I'm going I'm Oregon going Oregon State. Kyle. You going Oregon State on this? Yeah.
1: Devin Monster is – absolute garbage garbage
0: yeah but i i don't know cow's defense is good against against oregon state and it's that jay p-
1: playing pretty solid though
0: but it's at cow Cal, and cow's playing good football and not to mention, well, Cal...
1: defense is playing good football.
0: Yeah, that is true. <laughs> and not to mention, if Cal wins this game, and if Washington beats Oregon, then you're looking at a potential three-way tie in the North right now.
1: Yeah, ain't no way it's going to be tied for long with them Monster. <laughs> uh,
0: no. <laughs> well, Cal's still got to play USC and... and- so for, here's the thing Cal still got a Cal still has to play they played Oregon they beat Washington
2: they're what third
0: oh my god yeah wait yeah well no because they'll be they'll be they'll be third they'll be third if they win They still got to play Utah. Oh yeah, never mind. That's not gonna. They're not gonna be up there for long. Never mind. I I looked. I forgot. They play at Utah. They play Washington State. They play USC. Yeah, they could go into a loop. They play at Stanford. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, forget that talk. (laughs) I still think they win this game, but I don't think. Yeah, no. Um, Colorado and Washington State. A game is at. Is at Wazoo. It's at Martin Stadium. Uh, take it's a, Washington State. I'm taking. Yeah, I'm taking Wazoo. Washington State lost three straight. By the way, mm-hmm. I think they break it against uh, against Colorado. Uh, it's a po- it, Washington State's favorite by twelve. It's supposed to rain and snow. And that game is on ESPNU. That game's on ESPNU? And mind you, USC in Arizona is Pac-12 after dark, so it's at 6.30. What is it? What time is that game at? It's at 6.30. So yeah, it's Pac-12 after dark. Now, let's go into some, some key games here. West Virginia and Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma's favored by thirty-two. I got Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. But do you think Oklahoma suffers a, a hangover from the Grand River shootout?
1: No, not against West Virginia.
0: Not, not even in the slightest. Bunch? No. Okay.
1: I am not impressed, Austin Kendall.
0: At I, I tr- all. I try, Mountaineer fans. Although I do like your fight song. <laughs> I like when those it, little
1: it, raccoon hats. <laughs> the David Crockett has.
0: It's West Virginia. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's no line to. I was gonna say Wisconsin versus USC North in Illinois, but we're gonna skip that. Yeah. Wisconsin, um, obviously, Florida and South Carolina. Game is at South Carolina. South Carolina is coming off of a win, an overtime, a double overtime win against Georgia. Yeah, Ryan
1: Halinski's hurt though. I think I don't know if they've announced if he's playing or
0: not. I don't know if Halinski. I don't know if Helinski will be playing this game. I don't see anything. Even
1: if even if he plays, I I, I can't see them pulling off two upsets in a row.
0: Um. I'm,
1: Gonna take Florida.
0: I'm taking Florida too. Depending on the QB situation, I don't know what it'll be. Florida's favorite by four and a half on the road. The game's at South Carolina. I I give South Carolina a puncher's chance. If it's at home, I give them a chance. I kind of give them a chance. It's at home. You're coming back home after a huge win. Not like they're going to the swamp after a huge win. Then that would be different. Yeah. That would be different. Um, What other games are there? Oklahoma State and Baylor. Baylor 6-0. and Oklahoma State's 4-2. and Oklahoma State is favored by four game is at Oklahoma State. It's on this the will, I
1: think this will be a good game. Um, this will be a
0: shootout. This is going to be a high-scoring game.
2: I do want Baylor to win,
1: but I don't know why. I, I, something's telling me Oklahoma State.
2: Oh.
0: Uh, Oklahoma State's coming off of a loss to Texas Tech. They lost to Texas uh, they should have beat uh, They lost to Texas by six. They're coming off of a loss, uh, a ten point loss to Texas Tech. Baylor just beat Texas Tech by by three. Um, oh, that that game was two weeks ago. Anyway, I'm I'm going Baylor. I'm going Baylor in a shootout. Though this is gonna be a fun game to watch. Temple, who is five and one and just beat Memphis, a previously undefeated and ranked Memphis team, four and one, going up against the Pony Express, the rejuvenated SMU <laughs> Mustangs, back from the death penalty, at six and zero. <laughs> yeah, Wait, are they six back and zero? Yeah. back the from age. the death penalty of the late eighty of the. What, the the late 80s yeah. of the late 80s? Um, I'm picking SMU because I want SMU to stay undefeated so badly. Yeah, me badly. too,
1: me too.
0: I want SMU to stay undefeated so badly, and they're doing it with, with transfers, too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shane Bouchelle coming in from Texas.
0: So here's something. SMU got a chance to take its breath right in the middle of the, of its best season, so they're having their best season since the Pony Express days, believe it or not. Shane Bouchelle is SMU's quarterback. Doesn't don't that sound familiar to you?
1: Yeah, I just said.
0: No, Shane Bouchelle.
1: Yeah, I just said oh. he came from Texas. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> My bad. I wasn't listening. <laughs> Look, Fresno State and UNLV is on right in front of me. So, I mean, it's, it's on right in front of us, and, and which really... George Reina really works my nerves. I don't know why. Don't pretend I didn't say that. Anyway, <laughs> I, I'm going to SMU because I really want SMU to win this game. I'm going to SMU. Yeah, uh, um, what other games are there? <laughs> That's interesting. Appalachian Appleton State's five and zero. Oh. Anybody catch that?
1: Interesting. Who's um, so Texas? Oh, they play Kansas.
0: They play Kansas. Uh, Texas is favorite by twenty one.
1: What about LSU? Who do they play?
0: Mississippi State. Oh, at Mississippi yeah. State. Their favorite by 18. Who's Georgia? And, I think Georgia got a bye. What about Michigan? Oh, here we go. Michigan Penn and Penn State. Penn State, I'm
1: calling it. Who Did I, did I tell you this earlier? Penn yeah. State is going to expose Michigan. Not that she, they haven't been she, exposed this year already, but they're going to expose them to the voters.
0: She's been saying this for the whole week. We've Literally, we've been saying Michigan is fake, fraudulent.
1: Yeah, they're gonna expose Jay Patterson too.
0: Oh, I I got I got Penn State big. No, I got Penn State by two touchdowns. It's in, it's
1: it's at Penn State.
0: I got Penn State by two touchdowns. I don't think they blow them out, but I think it'll be pretty. I think they beat them by two scores. Because not only that, Michigan. Here's the thing Michigan not only goes to Penn State, so you gotta play, you gotta play Penn State. But the next week, you play Notre Dame next week. They play Penn State and Notre Dame. I, 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 I got Penn State in this one. Also, Penn State's playing some good football. Um, Tennessee and Alabama. I got Alabama. <laughs> yeah. The third, the third, the third Saturday in October. I got, I got Alabama big.
1: Yeah.
0: It's at Alabama too. So.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Boise State and BYU. Boise. This State one's interesting because they're yeah their they're quarterbacks, quarterbacks hurt. Career.
1: And I think BYU's, like, down to their third string quarterback, too.
0: Yeah, the first African-American quarterback. No, and he got he, hurt. He got hurt, too?
1: Yeah, I think. Because they had someone else come in at the end, I thought.
0: Something, something's in the water with quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, this is definitely across the NFL, too, not just in college. You hear the quarterback getting hurt.
0: Every year in football, you got something weird going on. <laughs> Um, I still have Boise Boise State. State. Yeah. I have Boise State. And I'm still trying to figure out how USC lost to BYU. The game's at (laughs) BYU, by the way. It's in Provo. Yeah, I still have Boise. I still got Boise State. Other than that... Oh! 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 oh. Before we go off the air. So, Dina, you want to share with the people... A poll that you put up.
1: <laughs> I posted today uh, a poll that said, "You know, what people? What do you got? What do y'all think of candy corn? Disgusting or yum?" And as of right now, sixty-eight say sixty-eight dis- percent say disgusting, thirty-two percent say yum. So those I mean,
0: sixty-eight people are. Saints. Correct. <laughs> I don't, okay we need to have a conversation I'm dedicating a segment to this because we need to have a conversation about this we need to have a com. we really need to have a conversation about candy corn and Halloween candy why do people think candy corn is so good
1: yeah, I don't know it's not
0: <laughs> it isn't, it's trash It's it's it's. I can't even say it's overrated because it don't even deserve the word overrated. It is the UCLA of of Halloween candies. I don't get what is the what is the crazy phenomenon with can, with candy corn. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. it, it. I don't. I don't understand it either. It tastes like wax. First of all. And it kind of burns my throat. I don't know why. Maybe because it's so sweet. I don't know.
0: Dina, how do you know what wax tastes like?
1: Well, you know what I mean. (laughs) You
0: you know you set yourself (laughs) up for that one. How do you know what wax tastes like? Let's start there. Have you been eating – did you eat wax or something?
1: No. I mean, you you know how you can, like –
0: you kinda know what it tastes or you kinda right, have that idea right. what it tastes like and
1: when things taste like a smell, stuff like that.
0: Yeah. I I don't get it. Like a lot of people are like, Oh, it's good And the it's worst good. are those big
1: pumpkins, Hut?
0: The
1: pumpkin candy corn, like the heat you know, the ones that are shaped like a pumpkin.
0: Candy corn in general is just nasty. Let's just
1: Yeah, it's not
0: good. Let's just mention that. Okay. It it it's nasty in general. It, it it's nasty in general uh and I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, I, I don't know. That's my. I don't know. That's my thing. That's my thing. It's just why does why do people like candy? I, and I mean, if you think it's good, then you know what. That's that's you. Everybody is subjected to their opinions, but I will tell you, your opinion is wrong. <laughs> It is a wrong opinion, but it's an opinion. You know, it's it's an opinion. I just think it's not good. I don't think it's good. I think it, in all honesty, I think it is the most overrated candy that has ever been made. Yeah. To humankind.
1: I don't think I would say it's overrated.
0: Well, it's not overrated because it don't even deserve to be rated.
1: Yeah.
0: It's trash. It's absolute trash.
2: (laughs) It is. No, it is. It really is, so
0: that's just how I view it. But other than that, other than that, I. Other than that, I think that'll be it. I'm sorry, I just saw something funny. So <laughs> that, that will be it. Um, be sure to follow us on Twitter at C Chronicles SBN. You can also follow me on Twitter at Matt A. Lowry.
1: You can follow me at Always Compete.
0: And make sure you subscribe to our podcast on uh, Google Play, Apple iTunes, Spotify, and, uh, micro- and Megaphone. Be sure to listen to our podcast, rate us, tell us what you think. I know we have like a two-star rating right now. People don't think highly of us, but hey, it is what it is. Again, you are entitled to your opinion. It is the wrong opinion, just like candy corn. Being good. <laughs> But until then, uh, enjoy the game, everyone, and fight on.
2: Fight on.